Hello and welcome to webdoctor.ie's Health HQ podcast. Webdoctor.ie is Ireland's award-winning online GP service. Their GPs have teamed up to tackle many of the nation's health concerns and different treatments over this series. On this episode, we're talking about asthma with Dr. Amida Ali. Uh, Amida, firstly, let's start at the beginning. What exactly is asthma? Um, So asthma is a common condition um, which affects the airways. So these are essentially the breathing tubes um, and it also affects the smaller airways, which we call bronchioles. Now, what happens is from time to time, the airways actually start to narrow. Okay, and this then causes the typical symptoms of asthma, which um, you can experience like a wheeze or a cough or feeling short of breath. Um, Now, these symptoms can actually range from being mild uh, or can actually kind of progress onto kind of severe asthma. It's actually quite common uh, and we see it in a lot of children. Um, At least one in 10 children have asthma and about one in 20 adults have also been diagnosed with asthma. Now, a common myth is that asthma runs in um, some families and that is actually true. But there are some um, some people out there who do have a diagnosis of asthma, but no other family members are actually affected by it. Um, so it's it's quite variable, actually. What are the key causes of asthma? There are lots of different causes mm. um, and triggers of asthma. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, you know, it's causing inflammation in the airways. And um, sometimes what happens is because of this inflammation, it's actually creating a lot of gunk and mucus in the airways, which actually causes a cough. Now, triggers um, can be, you know, some people find that symptoms are triggered um, in certain situations, for example, if they're stressed or if they're laughing loudly or if they're, you know, quite you know, experiencing an emotional outburst that can sometimes trigger off asthma. And then you've got your other triggers, such as like infections, like colds, coughs, um, chest infections. During the spring, summer months, uh, some patients are triggered by pollen. Mm. So it's usually worse in the hay fever season. And um, then we've also got medications which can trigger your asthma, for example, like aspirin or over-the-counter painkillers such as ibuprofen, uh, which is known as neurofen. Um, So that can sometimes trigger off asthma as well. Now, a few of the causes um, which we kind of come across on a daily basis is smoke fumes or smoking cigarette fumes. Now, a common myth is that, you know, if adults smoke away from the children, you know, out in the terrace or in the garden, what happens is um, actually, you know, some people think that it's better, um, you know, to smoke away from kids. But actually what happens is because it's passive smoking, the smoke actually remains on clothes and hair. And then when you re-enter the home, this can sometimes actually make, um, you know, people's asthma uh, actually worse. Um, So passive smoking is an important kind of trigger as well. Now, um, there are also like certain pillows, uh, which are made of uh, feathers, for example, that can trigger asthma um, and also pets at home. Mm. So, for example, pet cats, dogs, um, horses on the farm, for example. Um, and some people actually notice that when they're around cats, dogs and horses, their symptoms of asthma actually worsen. Um, another common trigger that we actually kind of um, forget sometimes or um, kind of pass by is actually the house dust mites. So these are like tiny little creatures mm. um, which actually live in our mattresses at home 
of or different fabrics around the home, like, you know, for example, in curtains. And what happens is um, this can trigger off asthma. Now, we can do a few little things at home just to help our daily routine. So, for example, if you're using a special mattress cover or um, what you can do is you can treat that mattress cover, you know, remove carpets or wash them frequently. And by removing or treating soft toys, that can help prevent, you know, activation of these triggers. But what I guess my message here today is, you know, it's really important to identify those triggers and then try to avoid those triggers. Mm. So this then kind of um, helps keep our symptoms, you know, under control. But there are so many triggers there. And, and yeah. with, with, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I had asthma as a kid. I have no idea what, what triggered it. But but do do it's not a case of all of those things will trigger asthma in one person, no. I presume. No, absolutely not. So it could be one of those or it could be none of those or it could be all of, you know, most of those triggers. Yeah. It's all about finding what triggers yourself and every person's different. So, you know, um, we just need to kind of do a bit of a diary check, you know, just to find out what's actually going on. It must be very difficult in your job to try and define what exactly is the trigger for that particular person. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And we would, you know, always advise our patients, you know, let's, you know, keep a diary for a series of months. Let's try to see, you know, when does it happen? How does it happen? What are you doing at that moment? Um, and how long, you know, do your symptoms last for? Um, so, yeah, we like to advise, you know, in keeping a diary just to find out these specific triggers. And what, what conditions or common symptoms are associated with asthma? Yeah, so with asthma, um, some patients, and not every patient experiences this, but, um, but some of the symptoms are, you know, a wheeze. So it's it's kind of like a, lis- a whistling sound when you're breathing. Um, some patients experience breathlessness, a tight chest. So some people, uh, some patients mentioned that it um, feels like a band mm. um, which is tightening around the chest. And a cough is a very common symptom as well. Now, with these symptoms, which I've just mentioned, actually many other conditions can actually cause the same symptoms, right? But what happens is they're more likely to be related to asthma if it's, for example, um, if it's worse in the night or early morning. And if you find that you're being triggered, you know, for example, like during exercise or during hay fever season, etc. So we would, you know, advise you to see a GP if you think you or your child may have asthma, or if you have been diagnosed with asthma, it's really important to see your GP to see how best to manage and control your symptoms. Now, with asthma, um, it's important to know sometimes it can actually worsen over a short period of time. And we would call this an asthma attack. Um, Now, this can happen suddenly out of the blue. Uh, it can happen gradually as well over a few days. So it's really important to be aware of this, um, you know, that there is a possibility of an asthma attack. Now, how we kind of differentiate between the two, you know, from symptoms of asthma and an attack is um, the patients usually are experiencing more uh, a greater difficulty in breathing. And the cough, the wheeze, the chest tightness becomes actually quite severe and constant. So sometimes patients tell us that, you know, it's it's difficult to eat or to speak or to sleep. And you notice that some um, sometimes you feel that your heart is beating faster. Um, there could be a change in the color of the skin or the lips. Those are the kind of the signs of a severe asthma attack. Um, so we would 
definitely, you know, advise and recommend to see um, seek um, medical attention mm. as soon as possible. And if, if that does happen, I presume it just oxygen mm-hmm. is, the, is the way that, that that's treated. Yes, um, medications as well. Yeah. Um, do you know, uh, we would give um, inhalers, tablets, um, you know, sometimes in severe cases, we may need to give it through the drip, uh, mm. through injections, etc. It depends on the degree and the level of this, uh, the asthma attack, but and it does need attention. In, inhalers are really, they're the, the revolutionary. They weren't around in my day, um, but I know when, when they came out and I still had asthma at that stage, it, it was amazing because you could just t- took them and auto, well, straight away you got some relief. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and they work really well when they're used uh, correctly. So we've got two types of inhalers. One inhaler relieves your symptoms, one type, sorry. So we call them relievers. So they're usually your blue inhalers, your salbutamol. And most people, when they're given a a reliever inhaler, they notice their symptoms improve within a few minutes. Mm. So that, that type is called the reliever inhaler. And then we've got a different type, the second type, which is called the preventer inhalers. So how this works is by it stops your symptoms from developing. So these inhalers contain a tiny bit of steroid. So um, usually patients don't have side effects with these inhalers, but you just we would advise you to just keep an eye out for any hoarse voice or sore throat if you're using your inhalers because it could be the possibly, you know, a different technique that we need to kind of apply. But yeah, inhalers work really well. And, you know, sometimes patients only need the one inhaler. Sometimes if it's a little bit more severe, we may combine the inhalers. Um, and if the inhalers don't work, we would then kind of look into tablets and other treatments. Is there a particular time of the year that it, that it gets a bit worse? I know with, with my kids and even when I was a kid, kind of yes. coming into the darker evenings, it seemed to affect me a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are certain kind of triggers in terms of the year. So we see a lot of asthma patients, you know, especially during the hay fever pollen season. And when the air starts to become a little bit colder, mm-hmm. so when we're moving into the dark and, um, you know, the dark days um, during winter months, um, that can also kind of trigger your asthma. Now, when um, when it's a little bit cold, you know, when we when we've experienced in the cold weather, it's really important to make sure that you're carrying your reliever inhaler with you at all times. Um, and it's important to keep warm and dry, you know, so wearing gloves, a scarf and a hat, carry an umbrella with you. Sometimes what you can do is, um, and, and which I tell my patients is, you know, try to make sure that you're breathing in through your nose instead of your mouth. So what happens is your nose actually warms the air as you breathe. Um, and, and when you're out in the cold, uh, dark days, you know, it's a good idea to wrap a scarf loosely around your, uh, loosely over mm. your nose and your mouth because what it does, it actually helps warm up the air before you breathe. Um, so that can be quite useful as well That's during the cold, dark days. Great advice. Um, is it possible to outgrow asthma? I mean, you hear of kids that they had asthma and then they, they kind of outgrew it. I had asthma as a kid. I don't have it mm-hmm. anymore. So presumably I, I outgrew it. Presumably everybody doesn't. But that does happen. It's not a myth, I presume. That's a very important question and very interesting question. You know, can you really outgrow your asthma? So it's been debated over a long period of time. Now, with some children, when they're diagnosed with asthma, the condition might actually improve or it can disappear completely as they get older. But for for many people, asthma is actually a lifelong condition. Um, and it's important to be kind of aware that 
sometimes and not always, you know, asthma may not be causing the problem. So for example, you may have asthma like symptoms, but it's actually down to your allergies mm. or, um, so it may appear that a child has outgrown their asthma as such, but true asthma does not go away. Um, same as, you know, diabetes or yeah. hypertension, which is high blood pressure issues. They don't usually go away, but they become better and um, they may flare up, uh, you know, within over decades, etc. Now, what happens is um, if you find that there's a change in circumstances or your situation, your asthma symptoms may be triggered once again. So it's, you know, it's very variable. Uh, and it can, it may be a long-term condition for some people, mm -hmm. but it may improve over time as such. So be wary that it, it may come back at, at any stage. What about then for, is it possible for an adult to develop asthma having never experienced the condition as a child? Yes, there is. There is. Um, um, there is absolutely a possibility. And usually when adults are diagnosed with asthma, um, the median age is around 37. And when they are diagnosed, it's a little bit more difficult to treat in terms of getting the optimum control. So, yes, it is possible to develop. So uh, presumably you've just got to learn to live with asthma. How do you do that? Yes. So there's lots of different ways um, how we can kind of carry on with our daily kind of life as such. Now, with treatment, uh, most people live absolutely normal lives and there are other little factors or simple ways as such that you can help keep your symptoms under control. So, as I mentioned earlier, you know, making sure and knowing how to use your inhaler correctly. If you're unsure, you know, please do contact us um, or your local GP or your local nurse just to kind of, or your pharmacist, sorry, just to kind of go through the techniques on how to use the inhaler. Um, if you are smoking or you have history of smoking or if others around you are smoking, you know, it's important to look at this factor because if you smoke yourself, you know, it's a good idea to slowly wean down and stop smoking because this reduces significantly, you know, your exacerbations, like how often you, you have an attack. Um, so that would be something to really look into. Um, it's a good idea to, to get vaccinated. We're moving into, flu, you know, cold and flu season. Yep. So you can have the annual flu jab, which uh, which will help uh, which will help um, kind of prevent any kind of further um, kind of severe attacks as such. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know it's important to identify and avoid those triggers which trigger your asthma. Um, regular checkups is advised. So you know having regular contact with your doctor or your asthma nurse, um, making sure there's a treatment plan in place. Um, which is quite important. And when you're living with asthma, um, and especially when you're due to travel, uh, we should make sure, you know, asthma is not stopping you from traveling. So it's a good idea um, to take extra precautions when going on holidays, you know, make sure you've got your medications, make, the, make sure that they're in date, um, and, you know, make, maybe having a review uh, of your ac action plan with the local GP might be useful. Um, in terms of living with asthma, a lot of kids have uh, or are diagnosed with asthma. So most children, you know, with well-controlled asthma can learn and participate in school activities as per usual um, without being affected by asthma. But it's a good idea for to make sure that the school has up-to-date written information about your child's medications, mm -hmm. 
you know, what medications are they using, how much are they using, and when do they need to take them. So it might be useful to, you know, to supply the school with a spare um, inhaler, spare reliever inhaler, yes, yeah. you know, for use just in case if your child experiences um, symptoms, you know, during the school day. So it's just like an extra backup plan as such. And, and normally we just touched on it there. We finish up these podcasts with, with medical myths. Um, <laughs> so let's let's just put it to you again. Is it true that people with asthma shouldn't play sport or exercise? Mm-hmm. So there is a common misconception um, that people with asthma should restrict, you know, physically intense daily activities or that they should completely or um, avoid exercise. However, Having asthma doesn't have to limit your ability to enjoy um, or excel at sport and exercise. We advise that regular exercise is a very important part of your healthy lifestyle and it's suitable for everyone and especially more so for people with asthma. So research actually shows that if patients have um, kind of a structured exercise regime, it can actually improve your function of your lungs. So it can actually help and to become part of a, you know, a good asthma control kind of management plan. So exercise is very important. But whilst you're exercising, what I would advise patients is, you know, just keep an eye out for the triggers. Mm. You know, um, what triggers you when you're exercising? Um, is it the cold air? Is it long distance running? Or when, say, for example, if you're swimming in the swimming pool, does chlorine kind of trigger your asthma? So it's important to kind of identify those common triggers. Um well- a few top tips um, for exercising with asthma would be, you know, um, try to kind of warm up gently mm. uh, about 15 minutes or so before you undergo any kind of vigorous exercise and make sure you have um, a cool down period afterwards because what happens is this actually helps your body and in particular your lungs get to get ready for upcoming kind of more strenuous exercise. So it's a good, it's very important to have like, and a good idea to have a warm up and cool down time. That, listen, there's loads and loads of information there. Thank you for joining us this morning. That was uh, that was so good. Uh, that was Dr. Amida Ali. Thank you for joining us again on this episode of webdoctor.ie's Health HQ podcast on asthma. You may be interested in some of our other episodes where we discuss many of the nation's health concerns and uh, different treatments. We'll see you next time. Music